0: Hello, and welcome to the Sauk Valley Spotlight Podcast, where we shine a light on the people and places of the beautiful Sauk Valley. In each episode, we highlight the hidden gems and untold stories of local businesses, community leaders, and the people that call the Sauk Valley home. I'm your host, Drew Williams, and today I'm joined by Representative Bradley Fritz, who is our state representative for our state Congress. Brad, thanks for joining us today.
1: Hey, thanks, Drew. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Can you give us just a quick intro? Who are you? Who do you love? Who am I?
1: Okay. Uh, Well, I'm State Representative Brad Fritz. I was uh, born and raised in the Dixon area on a small farm just outside of Dixon and uh, grew up, um, went to Newman, graduated in 2018. Uh, From there, I went and attended the uh, University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, where uh, I studied agricultural and consumer economics. I thought I was going to go on and uh, be a grain merchandiser for Cargill. And uh, that time was really screwy with COVID and whatever else. And uh, I had an uncle up here who's a bigger farmer. And he called me up and said, hey, how would you like to come home and farm with me? And I said, yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. (laughs) I would love to. Yeah, job sounds great right now. So I uh, came home and I farmed with him for a year and... uh, Another uncle of mine was uh, John Fritz. He was the Lee County treasurer for 24 years. And he uh, came over one night with a district map in his hand, and he lays it down in front of me, and I said, what's this? He goes, it's uh, the district map. Tom Demmer, our rep now, is running for state treasurer, and I think you should run for his seat. And I looked at him, and I go, John, I'm 22. Have you lost your freaking mind? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes no, seriously, think about it. I think you'd be good. I'm like, yeah, right. Kind of rolled my eyes at them and thought about it for a while. Thought about a lot of the frustration of growing up here, of everybody telling me, you know, grow up, get an education and get out of Illinois. Mm. And I love it here. Mm. I want to continue to be able to farm. I want to raise my family here someday. And I get a lot of school groups that come down to visit us at the Capitol and I always tell this story and I say, you know, hey, by a show of hands, everybody raise your hand if somebody's ever an adult in your life has ever told you grow up, get an education and get out. And every single kid in every single school group raises their hand. Mm. And I just think that that's such a dangerous narrative that we have going that Illinois is a terrible place to be Mm. because it's not. Yeah, this is an unbelievable state. It's a state that has absolutely everything going for it. Mm. We have an economic hub of Chicago. We have some of the best farm ground in the world. We have the Mississippi and Illinois rivers for transportation. In the same realm of transportation, we have two major railways across in this district alone, major interstates.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: we have everything to be... The booming economic center of the Midwest, except we have poor leadership at the top. Mm. And that's why I ran. And that's why I continue to work hard each and every day to, you know, try to flip the script, try to flip the narrative and hold those in the leadership positions in Springfield accountable for their actions because it affects each and every one of us.
0: Yeah. So um, I, I, I heard this and and. Tell me if this is true. I heard that you are the the youngest state representative in the history of our state. Is, is that true? I was,
1: when I was sworn in in January, I'm the youngest member ever elected to the Illinois General Assembly. Wow. So, Avery Bourne, who ran on the Richard Irvin ticket, she was a state rep. She was appointed at 22 and 300 and some days when she took the oath of office. Sure. I was elected and sworn in
0: at 23 in three days. Okay, So <laughs> there you go. Wow, so what has been maybe the biggest challenge that you've faced so far as the youngest or one of the youngest representatives?
1: You know, the biggest challenge, um, one of my biggest challenges and one of my greatest strengths is my youth. Mm. You know, one of my greatest strengths is, you know, I don't have a wife. I don't have kids right now. You know, I'm able to get out in the community to meet with people, to connect with people. Right. You know, somebody asked me once, they said, are you married? I said, yeah, I'm married to 108,500 people for the next two years. And, <laughs> and that's really how I feel. But no, the, um, um, my biggest challenge, however, I would say is, you know, most people who get into this type of a role are, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70. They've had their whole career to build relationships with business owners, with community members, with right. local officials, et cetera. And when they get in, these people are all their friends that they can rely on. Yeah. You know, my, I would say my biggest challenge is in one, I just have to work harder. Yeah. And go out and meet with my business owners to develop those relationships and a short window of time. And yeah. I've been able to do that.
0: Yeah. How, how has that been going as someone who, yeah, I mean, you grew up in this area, mm-hmm. um, went away for school, came on back, but like you said, you, you haven't had the decades of networking yeah. of, uh, friendship building outside of the you know friends or family that you had already. Mm-hmm. So how has the last 6 months been of trying to build those relationships here here in this district? And and then remind me what where does our district that we're currently in that you represent what is the geographic boundaries of that?
1: Well, we could talk a whole hour just on the boundaries, oh dear. The, <laughs> the way that maps are drawn in Illinois is we're all about 108,500 people plus or minus a couple percent and the majority party has the ability to every 10 years redraw the districts Mm. so they're very very partisanly drawn Mm. so right now our district goes from the middle of morrison that's right i said the middle of morrison they quite literally cut it in half okay so if you live on the east side of Bay Street, you're in my district. If you live on the west side of Bay Street, you're in Ryan Spain's. I guess, mm. I guess we have some really radical voters at Morrison. I, I, I don't I guess know. guess so,
0: man, I didn't know the but, Morrison was so split.
1: Yeah, so we go from the middle of Morrison all the way to the rural edge of DeKalb. Mm. So if you're standing on NIU property, you're out of my district. If you walk across the street, you're in my district. Okay. Um, and then we go from about a mile south of Route 64 north of Rochelle mm. down to Interstate 80 at LaSalle, Peru.
0: Okay. Um, down there. So that's, that's, quite, that's quite the large area. And I'm assuming it's because you know, it's more rural out here. In order to get to 108,000 people, you have yeah. to kind of spread it out quite a lot. How have, I guess, I mean, cause this, this podcast is focused on the Sauk Valley mm-hmm. on, you know, kind of this area in this region. Um, ha- have you seen yourself being welcomed in the whole district or maybe more so here kind of in your hometown area?
1: Well, it's easier in the hometown area for sure, but mm. you get out to the rural communities and, uh, they're, they're just so excited to. See their representative to be interactive with really? them. And I think that that's something that's really cool. Yeah. You know, one of the things when uh, I'll tell you about when I was initially campaigning, you know, most people told me your main population centers are Sterling, Rock Falls, Dixon, Rochelle, and Mendota. So focus on that and you don't have to worry about the rest. And right. I looked at them and I got, uh-uh, that's not how I operate. Right. You know, yeah, it's convenient to knock doors in the bigger cities when you just go door to door. But you know, there's a lot of a lot of rural, a lot of rural territory there. Yeah, a yeah. lot of smaller towns yeah. that continuously feel neglected. Mm. And the most satisfying feeling in the entire world is when you knock, you go up to a farm door and you knock on the door, and you hear somebody tell you, "I've lived here." 20, 30, 40, 50, some even 60 years. Yeah. And no one has ever knocked on our door before to ask for a vote and you got it. Wow. And that's that's really, really cool. Yeah. It's a cool experience to be able to connect with
0: our rural families like that. Yeah. Now is the the people to people connection something that you come like honest by? Is that something that you've always had? Oh yeah. yeah. I love. I love people. Okay. I, that's why I do this job. For sure. And so like even growing up you were you were happy to meet new people, you know, talk to people you didn't know yet. Mhm. Cuz well. that right there would be the challenge for some people of being like, "Hey, I like people, but meeting new people or walking up to someone, I almost feel like I'm soliciting." W- was that a thing? Was that a challenge for you even just mentally or or did you just know, "Hey, I have this mission, and I got to talk to people, and that's why we're going to do it."
1: Yeah, I have a mission to, you know, learn and care about their concerns and mm. and that was that was what I intended to do. Um I'll give you a little background on me just because you probably don't know me that well. Uh our uh I was an accident, believe it or not, or a surprise a supr- as some would say.
0: <laughs> a surprise is a, is a more so, nice word, I think. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So my parents were 44 and 49. Mm. They had three kids in college and one in high school. Didn't think they could get pregnant anymore and had me. Mm. So the age difference between my oldest sister and I is 22 years and my next closest sibling and I is 15. Mm. So growing up, I was always brought to a lot of older events, you know, with from uh, Republican Lincoln Day dinners to... Mm just whatever church or social gathering and right. you know that's that was how i was able to develop at an early age you know those abilities cuz yeah. not every, not every, you're right not everybody has the ability to just walk up and start up a conversation with
0: anybody but yeah. you know it's something that if that's what you're raised to do you can do it right and so you you're thinking that it's it's the fact that you were often around adults yeah and often around people who are older than you that gave you those skills early on of How to have a polite conversation, you know, with a stranger, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's really awesome. Um, My next question is kind of continuing in on uh, your, your role that you're in now, but maybe even projecting forward. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you hope is your legacy, if I could use that word, of being the youngest elected state representative of, you know, if, if. If you happen to have a bullet point in a state history textbook at some point, you know, what do you what do you hope lands after your name?
1: See, I I, I don't think about it quite like that. Hmm. You know, a lot of people tell me they say, you know, Brad, where where do you see yourself? I'm like, well, what do you mean? Where do I see myself? So well, you're the youngest elected rep, you could be. Congressman, you could be governor, you could be president, you have a whole career to be able to build that up. And I'm True. looking at them, I'm like, whoa, 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 <laughs> First of all, I want to be the best rep that I can be. Mm. And, wh- and where do I see myself? So that I see myself on my my house in a rocking chair looking out over corn growing on a field, kids playing in a yard, and mm. hopefully a beautiful spouse, and, say, and saying to myself, yep. I left Illinois better than I found it, mm. and it's not about me having that line on the textbook. You know, I, mm. to be honest with you, I'm not a credit guy. Mm. Couldn't care less. Mm. As long as it gets done. If I if I spark the conversation and somebody else steals the idea and runs with it and it gets done, more power to them. Yeah, yeah. I I don't view myself as someone who. Who wants the credit. I just want Illinois to be a better place than the way that I found it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what is it that makes you feel uh, so bounded and determined to serve the people who are in front of you? You know what I mean? Like, Because I think that for a lot of people, I mean, all of us, if we're honest, we, we have our, our own hopes, our own dreams. But your position right now really is one of, of services. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, joked about being married to 108,000 people. And another way to look at it is you have 108,000 bosses, right. Of like yeah. all these people who you're looking to serve our interests. Um, is that a difficult thing or do you, do you find, you know, joy in that? Like where, wh- where do you get your passion from?
1: Well, you have the personal successes within the district. You know, I love the, constitu- con- the, the constituent service aspect of my job. I love, you know, when people call into our office, they're they're typically at their last straw. Hmm. They've had it with whatever governmental agency that they're struggling with, and it's unbelievably satisfying to be able to take their case to talk to our legislative liaison to look into it on a deeper level and to get back to them you know Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's not always the answer that they want to hear
0: yeah yeah
1: but it's the fact that somebody looked into it and got back to them yeah and that's what i find a lot of joy in that you know obviously it's very difficult when you have one hundred eight thousand five hundred bosses to because you can't please all of them sure you really can't you try to do the best job that you can do and you know I often joke and it really is the truth I said nobody ever calls our office to tell us what a great job we're doing you know <laughs> I can <laughs> understand that that's why this summer I've done my summer tour so every other week um, you know we alternate between mobile office hours and or our coffee and conversation and at our coffee and conversation, I'll pick a local establishment and go in and we'll buy coffee for two hours Mm -hmm. and just give me an opportunity to talk to constituents. Mm. Because, like I said, you know, you you, you get a lot of complaints to the office and you start to think to yourself, is this really the way the district feels? But the way you can get a pulse on what the district feels is actually going out and meeting people where they're at and saying... You know, listening to their concerns, listening to what frustrates them about not right. only state government, but just government in general. Yeah. And navigating the, the trajectory of your service based on that.
0: So, um, I guess, I'm just curious of wh- what's an, a normal day in the life of Brad Fritz? Um, and you can give me two different variations. One is this summer variation when you know uh state capital is out of session right mm-hmm. but then tell me kind of what a, a normal day is when you're down at the capitol as well
1: well the first thing i'm gonna tell you is there's no such thing as a normal day <laughs> fair <laughs> um no so down in springfield you know depending on the time mm-hmm. of year that you're in you know sometimes are a little bit slower but you push on to these deadline weeks, the deadline to get bills out of committee, the deadline to get them heard on the floor, et cetera. And we spend a lot of time down there. You know, we might come in for our first committee hearing at 8 o'clock in the morning and be there till uh, 11 midnight. Mm, wow. So we might have some really big days of voting like that. Um, other days might be a little smaller when people are still trying to work through their legislation, but um, it varies between that. Um, you know, when we passed our had our last day of session and passed our state budget, we uh, adjourned at 303 in the morning, Ooh. which. Uh, is a little interesting, especially when you start by eight o'clock the previous day. Well,
0: so. especially since, you know, the previous day was supposed to be the last day and that last day just lasted into the next day. And, yep. you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I doubt there's overtime for state representatives, is there? Nope. <laughs> no, not at all. But yeah. Okay. And so, so it sounds like uh, you, you have these times when you're here back in our area here where mm-hmm. you're, you're meeting people, you're making relationships with with business owners with civic leaders with uh everyday residents to try and get a pulse of what are the needs of this area but then how do you go about uh representing those needs when you're in Springfield is it is it through committees that you're part of is it through you know trying to be the squeakiest wheel um Mm -hmm. I guess you know what are some of the tactics you've seen and then what are some that that you are personally kind of utilizing, I guess.
1: Well, it's a little bit of both. I mean, you know, for some issues, there's actual legislation that can fix it. And we try to do that as much as possible. Um, we try to do that as much as possible whenever there's to introduce those bills to make minor tweaks mm-hmm. to, you know, try to cut through some red tape to make people's lives easier. Um You know, but unfortunately, you know, I sit in a party that's 78 to 40 in the super minority. Mm. And it's very difficult to get some of the bigger agenda items done. Yeah. So oftentimes, you know, you are a little bit of a squeaky wheel in terms of, you know, asking relevant questions in committee and talking about how something that the sponsor will continuously argue is not a property tax increase is a property tax increase. Um, I'll give you one example of of this in particular. So uh, every year the governor comes up with the budget and brings it before the General Assembly and says basically this is the budget that I would like. And then for the next few months we argue back and forth on all the points in that budget. And then at 3.03 in the morning, one's dumped on you and you vote on it, and it's never a good process. But sure. needless to say, I sit on two appropriations committees. So um, sitting on appropriations committees are great because it kind of gives me the ability to go through the budget piece by piece on in those particular areas. So I sit on higher education appropriation and public safety appropriation. So every department comes through in our committee, and we're able to ask them line-by-line line questions. Hmm. So I'll give you an example. Uh, the Department of Corrections comes in, and uh, they had a brand-new $85 million line item this year for technology. So, of course, that sparks everybody's interest when you get an amount of that magnitude. right? And... Uh, A couple of my colleagues started asking questions, and we come to find out that that $85 million is an initiative of the Department of Corrections to give every inmate a tablet. Okay. And I thought, really? So I start my line of questioning, and I said, Madam Director, um, how much deferred maintenance do we have in the Department of Corrections? Oh, she says... About two point five billion dollars with a B,
0: yeah I said
1: really, okay he said uh now how much of that should have been done yesterday and she said, well, about a uh, about a billion and a half of that said, okay how many how many vacancies are you short said, well we'd uh we'd really like to have another 1,000 security staff to feel comfortable with the inmates that we have. Yeah. Okay. So, well, ma'am, I represent the Dixon area, and, of course, Mm -hmm. as as everybody knows in the Sauk Valley, Dixon has a prison. Yeah. And I said, ma'am, with all due respect, my constituents care that their dad, brother, cousin... Uncle, whoever who's a correctional officer out there might get the crap beat out of him because he's outnumbered 200 to 1 in a day room because you won't hire more staff. Yeah. My constituents are worried that a murderer might come walking out the front gate because it hasn't been replaced in four decades. Yeah. So, frankly, ma'am, my constituents really don't give a crap about your, uh, <laughs> I like think I said, about your inmates being able to get caught up on the young and the restless on their tablet. Right. And I was being a little facetious in that point, but really. Yeah. I mean, this is, these are the needs of our community. Yeah. It's about keeping people safe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's one of those things where you have to have those conversations and, and, and then, like you said, deliberate for months, you know, yeah, because- that the idea didn't come out of nowhere. And so there's reasons behind everything and decision by committee is never a, a fast process. Yeah, no, not at yeah. all. Well, I mean, thank you. Thank you for sharing that story. Cause it, it kind of gives a, a good insight into kind of how some of these conversations go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to uh, bring us back to kind of just this local area here in the yeah. Sock Valley. You've been a local, um, born and raised here. Mm-hmm. And so have you, as you've grown up here, uh, lived here, worked here a little bit, um, what are some of the things that you feel um, are still missing from this area, or or still need to be changed here in, in the the, the Sauk Valley area?
1: I'll tell you the biggest thing that I, the biggest frustration I had growing up. I think I think our communities are great. We have great programming. You know, we we do a lot of outreach, etc. I think we do a terrible job catering to that 13 to 20 age group Mm. and that's one of my biggest frustrations growing up here and something that I want to continue to work on and have conversations with about how do we target that age group a little bit better I remember Mm -hmm. you know you might want to take a girl on a date or something and you know obviously you can go to dinner but there's only so many times where you can go to the movie theater or the bowling alley right and that's it yeah really yeah you know there's unfortunately there's really no public pools to speak of in Dixon Sterling area mm-hmm. and I, I mean there's just there's not a lot of other than high school you know competitive sports right yeah there's not a lot for that age group so that's something that I want to continue to have conversations with our park districts and with our local municipalities about what can we do to kind of bring in some more activity things because unfortunately when when you look to move back someday or you you move away you get married you get to the stage where you want to have kids and you sit and think okay where where do I want my kids to grow up and if you yourself had a positive experience growing up here you'll be back right but if you think to yourself boy I was bored because we didn't have anything to do in that particular age group you might think oh let me think of where I can find somewhere else. Sure, yeah. And so I think that that creating that atmosphere
0: could serve a good purpose in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't only, like you're saying, it doesn't only serve the current demographic that's in that age range, but it also serves the future of this community, encouraging mm-hmm. those people to down roots here or come back and put down roots yeah absolutely well let's flip the other the other side of the coin what are some things that um, get you excited about this area or or give you hope
1: um you know the hope is uh the vision for the future you know i think that i think there's a lot of great things coming in you know over in our sterling Rock falls area there's uh things in the works to renovate those the downtown Mm -hmm. buildings which Mm -hmm. is super exciting In the Dixon area, we have the Gateway Development Project out here by the interstate that's going to bring in just tons of new businesses and make this a little bit of a hub along the interstate. Right. Uh, You know, over in our Rochelle area, I passed a piece of legislation to make sure that the, the enterprise zone area isn't developed into wind and solar because there's so many opportunities over there for business with our two major interstates and two major railways crossing right um i think i think we have such a good forward vision and that's something that gets me super excited you know um a lot of the older members of our community you know it's a big transition for them Mm. because so many of them oh i remember when we had the steel mill and i remember when you know yeah i remember when dot 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 fill in the blank right and it gets dangerous when we, when we pass that narrative of I remember when rather than, you know, realizing that the mill's not coming back. Right. At least to the capacity that it ever was before. Yeah. So what's going to be the next hallmark of our area? What mm. are we going to do? What are we going to do? How are we going to grow to say, you know what? We were known for steel and wire for quite a while but now we're going to be known for this. Yeah. And we have to continue to put people into elected roles. And, um, as a community support that initiative. Yeah. We're not going back. We got to continue to move forward. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love that. I think I think that's probably a great a great place to to end there. Um, so b- before we go, though, um, if folks want to get a hold of you or get in touch with you, um, what would be the best ways to get in touch with you? Or you know, is there a website or a Facebook that you'd point people to? Yeah, there's all of
1: those things. Uh, the best The best resource is going to be my website uh, rep r e p fritz f r i t t s dot com. Uh, There'll be all kinds of things on there. You can sign up for email updates. You can be directed to our Facebook page. Um, Our office is here in Dixon at 101 West 1st Street, Suite 501. And uh, you can give us a call at 815-561-3690. We're always happy to have constituent concerns as far as... um, know what we can do to help with the state agency but more than that make an appointment to come in and have a conversation sure share your frustrations i'm here to i'm here to be your voice and your advocate mm. and there's nothing that i love more than having a sit-down conversation to talk about some of the issues of the area but what i love even more than listening to the issues is what do you have for solutions yeah tell me yeah you know, my background is in agriculture and consumer economics. I don't know everything about health care or corrections or law enforcement or, you know, mental health. You know, all these major issues, I don't have a lot of background in. Right. I, I know where to go to, to learn about it. But if you have legitimate ways of how we can fix some of these things, I'm happy to be your champion. So
0: please reach out anytime. Absolutely. Wow. I, like you said, I bet we could keep talking for a long time about all the, all the issues uh, in our area, but also all the, the creative solutions in our area. But for now, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your story, Brad. Well Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Until next time on the Sauk Valley Spotlight, I'm your host, Drew Williams, and let's keep finding the beauty of this place that we call home.